we did a, uh, doing a little series here on this, uh, some scripture. We're going to be Mark, the fourth chapter. So if you want to turn there. And last week we talked about the first part of this verse, these verses that we're going to be talking about today. And actually I'm going to be on this for one more week. Now you know why I have such a hard time when I get through things, because man, I, I can really get a lot of stuff out of these verses. There's a lot of stuff in the Word of God. You can just take a few, one chapter, and you could probably spend a month just trying to figure out what that one chapter says. So we're going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, three weeks on the, these three verses. Last week we, we talked about uh, going to the other side. Well, let's, we're going to go ahead and read these first, and then I'll kind of give you a short recap of last week's. So I don't want to preach that sermon again because we'll be here for twice as long, and I know you don't want that. Uh, starting at verse 35, chap- Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squail came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and way and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Did you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now last week we talked about <clears throat> going to the other side, that Jesus wanted him to go to the other side. In order for them to go on the other side, they had to get in the boat, and they had to leave the, other, the crowd behind, and that's what we have to do. God wants us to go to the other side, and whatever that other side is in our life, it may be different for each of us. Of course, we all know ultimately the other side is heaven, where we all want to be. That's where I want to go. I want to get to the other side. But before we can get to the other side, we have to get in the boat. And we have to leave some things behind, just like the disciples did. They had to leave the crowd behind. They had to leave their popularity behind and all these other kind of things behind and get in the boat. And there's some things that we have to forsake as Christians if we want to go to the other side. Now, that other side for you in a daily struggle may be your prayer life. Maybe God's calling you to a higher plane in your prayer life. Maybe it's in in witnessing. Maybe it's who knows what that is for you. But we all have to do some certain things to get in the boat, and we have to leave some things to find behind if we want to get there. And that's kind of what we talked about last week. If you missed that and you're interested in it, we did record it, so you can get the CD, and uh, you can listen to it in its entirety. <laughs> the CDs are free when we do these. Anybody wants any of them, they can have them. We record them mainly specifically for the people that are involved in Children's Church, but as long as we have them recorded, if you want a copy of them, hey, you can have it. So that's kind of what we talked about last week. <clears throat> but this morning I want to talk about, after you get in the boat, what happens. Because that's kind of what these scriptures are. More, when we read these scriptures, we're more focused on what happened after they got in the boat than anything getting to that point. And there's times in our Christian life that after we get in the boat, we're going to encounter some storms. You found that to be true? There's a lot of storms when you get in a boat. You're going to face some storms in your life. And these verses kind of let us know that right up front and personal. And I want to see, using these verses, see what happened to the disciples after they got in the boat. And that's found in verse 35 again. We'll read that again. And that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. 
There were other boats also with him. A spurious quail came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that nearly swamped. Now, the disciples didn't know when they got in that boat there was going to be a storm. They didn't know that. All they knew was that Jesus told them, get in the boat and let's go to the other side. Now, I'm not sure that the disciples knew that they were going to face that storm if they would have gotten that boat. I'm not sure I would have. You know, I mean, it's one thing to face a little ripple in the, in the waters, let alone a big storm. I'm not sure they would because these guys were experienced fishermen. And to get in the boat, that was just common. That was where they spent a lot of their time was out on the Sea of Galilee. So, but that, I don't think they would have got in there, got in that boat if they would have uh, known that the storm was coming. We read, uh, listen to weather reports because we don't want to go somewhere if there's going to be a storm. Last place I want to be is in Florida in the middle of a hurricane. And I don't want to be there. So I'm going to listen to the weather reports and it says there's going to be a storm there. I'm not going to go. I guess that's why they didn't have weather reports back then. Jesus would have never got them in the boat. <laughs> they had the weather report back then on the Sea of Galilee today. The temperatures are 70 degrees. But in three hours, the wind's going to kick up. You're going to have hurricane force winds. And you're going to be out in the middle of it if you go. So stay home. They wouldn't have went. <laughs> I wouldn't have went. But luckily for, for our uh, scripture verses and that, and so we can reflect on it, they didn't have weather broadcasters back then, so they didn't know. And I'm kind of glad of that because then we would have missed some good lessons on this uh, that we're going to entail in these verses here. Now, the truth is that uh, Jesus led them into the storm. See, Jesus knew that storm was coming. It wouldn't surprise him a bit that that storm came. And sometimes when we get in the boat and he tells us to go somewhere, he knows you're going to face a storm. But he doesn't care. <laughs> he knows you need the storm in your life. And that's what the disciples did. They didn't know a storm was there, but Jesus did. But Jesus knew they needed this storm in their life. And so he told them to get in the boat. And they got in the boat and they just followed him. They didn't question anything Jesus told them. They just, okay, well, all right, Jesus wants us there. The only way to get from here to there is get in the boat. And the only way to get from here to there is to go through that storm. And that same thing happens to us in our lives. Now, storms, we get so upset when we face storms in our life, don't we? It's kind of like facing road construction when you're trying to go to work and you didn't listen to the news and you didn't know that that road that you were going to take into work was going to be tore up. And so you get there and you go to work and say, oh, man, road construction. Now I'm going to be late for work because we all know that road construction Delays your time. If you'd only known that there was going to have road construction, then you could have allowed more time. But see, you didn't know that, so you're going to sit there and you're going to get upset. But if you know that there's going to be construction in a certain area on the, on the freeway or whatever it is that you're going to work, then when you see the, the construction, you don't get upset, do you? Because you know it's going to be there. You make plans to allow more time to get to work. You do all these things to be able to get to work on time that you have to do. And you don't get upset because you know what's happening. Well, see, these verses are telling us that we're going to have storms. So when you have a storm, don't get upset. Just plan for it. I don't know what kind of plans they made in that little boat. I don't know what was involved. They didn't have life vests back then. So when you get in the boat for Jesus, he's got to be your life vest, doesn't he? <laughs> and actually, that's a better choice anyway. And we know that um, storms are different, you know, in their perspective, isn't it? It's kind of like surgery. If you have surgery, it's minor surgery. But if I have surgery, it's major surgery. 
Isn't that the way it works? <laughs> that's all in our perspective. Well, if you're going through a storm, we may think that seems like a minor storm, but if we're going through that storm, man, it's a major life-changing event because it's all about perspective. And we, have, we uh, relate to storms in different ways. Some people may think that, hey, that isn't a bad situation to be in. I know that there's some people when you go out to, we went we was in Hawaii, oh, years and years and years ago, we went out to, it was a bad day, and we went out by the beach, and the waves, I mean, those waves were like 30, 40 feet tall. And the wind was blowing, and it was kind of a nasty day as far as I was concerned. But look out there in that water in these 30-foot waves, and here's surfers out there. Man, to them, that storm was something to have fun in. <laughs> I go out there, I thought, man, what's the matter with that idiot? What's he doing out there in that storm? It's all in perspective. To him, it was something that, oh, wow, I get some big waves. I get to ride waves into town. Wow, that's great. But to me, I'm going, man, you wouldn't get me out there. No way. Because, uh -uh. see, I wasn't prepared for the storm. If I'd have been used to surfing, if I could have done those kind of things, well on a board, surfing and those kind of things, hey, it wouldn't have been a big deal for me because I'd look forward to the storm because I want to ride those waves. Well, see, I wasn't prepared. So I'm sitting there saying, you ain't getting me out there, not me, huh? Nope, 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 because I wasn't prepared. But if we prepare for the storms in our life, they're not as bad. And see, thanks to these verses, we know we're going to have storms, so we need to prepare for them. So we're not caught off guard. We need to prepare to go anywhere. I know that we prepare for, uh, when we lived in Colorado, we lived 40 miles east of town, and we lived, you know, kind of a ways out. And we always had a survival kit in our car in the wintertime. Always had one. We had food and blankets and, you know, all those other kind of things because we know that something could happen and we could be stranded somewhere. Because, so we prepared for that inevitability. And that's what God wants us to do in our lives. He wants us to prepare for the inevitability. I'll get it out in a minute. So that when we face these storms, not if we face them, when we face the storms, because I don't care who you are, you're going to face storms in your life. Sometime or the other. Some people seem like they face more storms. I don't know why that is. Either God has greater things for you planned in your life, or maybe if you'd get the one storm mastered, you wouldn't have to face the other one. <laughs> Once you get a 20-foot wave mastered, then, hey, it's not a challenge for you anymore, so now you need a 30-foot wave. I guess that's the same thing reflects in our, in our Christian life. And... <clears throat> so we need to realize that we need to prepare for storms. Now, the Sea of Galilee, it was 690 feet below sea level. And on the one side of the, on the north side, I guess it is, is the Her Mount Hermon, and it's 9,200 feet above sea level. So you have this about 9,800 square feet, or feet depth difference. And on this one area of the Sea of Galilee, it was kind of like a challenge, uh, a channel or like a little... Uh, valley or something, and the winds had come through there, and it'd be just like a shooting through a pipe or a tube or something, when you, and it just shot through that little valley there, and that's what caused the waves and all the storms that would come through the Sea of Galilee. And you wouldn't know from one minute to the next. There was no warning for these storms once they come through. None at all. You could be out there in the middle of that lake one day, it'd be, the weather would just be gorgeous and not have a problem, and all of a sudden the storm come up, and you'd be in trouble. And there's certain times that these storms over there were prevalent. That was kind of like May through October on the Sea of Galilee. So you had to be a little more careful during that period of time if you're going out on the Sea of Galilee. You've got to make plans that you've got to, you know, you might not want to get out as far from the sea on the, during those month times as you would normally. 
and stay a little closer to the shore so you can get out of the storm because it was a common occurrence from May to October during that period of time. Well, we have certain times in our own life, don't we, where we're more susceptible to storms. We have a lot of things in our life that, hey, we're more susceptible to them. Like one of the best times for a storm to show up is after a victory. You ever notice that? Man, you just had a victory in your life, and you're so excited, and you're happy about that victory, and next thing you know, you're in a storm. Why? Well, number one, you got your guard down, so you're not expecting a storm because you're so elated and you're not prepared for one. So what's a good time for the, for the devil to attack you is when you're on a high. Sometimes it's, uh, who knows, what, what it might be in your different area, uh, your life at Blah! different things that affect our life and, and storms that we face. There are certain times in our life that we face them. If we're disappointed about something, maybe we didn't get a job we wanted, and so we got mad about not getting that job. Well, we're open to a storm because the devil's going to use that disappointment and create something greater out of something that was just small. See, on the Sea of Galilee, it didn't take a lot of wind to make a problem for the ships on, that, on the lake on Galilee. It didn't take a lot of uh, wind to cause a big problem. And within six-foot waves wouldn't be a big, big deal to a lot of people. And uh, small storms wouldn't be a big deal to us. But sometimes those small storms get us and they catch us off guard. If you're caught off guard with a small storm, it could devastate you. Big storms sometimes are better to face because you're usually preparing for a big storm. But these small ones that just come up out of nowhere, we're not prepared for them. So we need to uh, realize that we need to be prepared all times in our life for storms because they're going to happen. And it isn't just Christians that have storms. Did you know that? Some of us think that as soon as I got saved, man, if I hadn't got saved, I wouldn't have these problems. How many of you have you said that? I didn't have these kind of problems till I got saved. Well, I think you had some. You just didn't notice them as much. And you probably have some more, more storms than what you'd have in your normal life. But Christians aren't the only ones that have storms. Everyone has storms. Have you seen your neighbors that don't know the Lord? Have you seen some of the issues they go through in their lives? The only difference between the non-believers and Christians is that we have Jesus in the boat. That's the only difference. And I want Jesus in the boat if I'm going through a storm. I don't know what the disciples would have done if Jesus hadn't been in the boat. Then it went down with the ship. <laughs> That's the reality of it. But see, they had Jesus in the boat. And as we read these verses, we see that Jesus wasn't upset at all. Do you notice that? He wasn't upset in the least bit. Didn't care. Didn't bother him a bit. He's asleep. Now, how in the world can you sleep in a hurricane? One thing, I probably could have slept in a hurricane last night. <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> And you couldn't move, so you didn't move because every time you move, it woke you up because, oh, man, I had places I didn't know I had places. Have you ever been there? Hurting places you didn't know I had places? Well, I spent a few of those last night. So, but anyway, you had, they had Jesus in the boat. And when we got Jesus in the boat, we don't have to worry about it because ultimately he's going to be in charge, even if it seems like he's sleeping. Sometimes I think Jesus spends too much time in my storm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think so? Hey, man, he's asleep. Where are you, Jesus? <laughs> but anyway, now, a couple years ago, they had a, I don't know, you probably heard about it. I don't know how many years ago it was. It's been a few years. They built a biosphere 
You heard about that when they made a biosphere? And what they did was they duplicated an environment. And these scientists went into this biosphere for two years. And they lived there for two years. Now, they created all the atmospheric conditions. They had rain and they had a desert conditions. They even had an ocean, simulated an ocean in this environment that they lived in. But the only thing they couldn't simulate in this uh, biosphere was wind. The only thing they couldn't simulate. And they didn't think that was that big of a deal. Not a big deal. But after, uh, I don't know how, much, how long of a period of time, but before the two years was up, or before the year was up, they started to notice some changes in the trees. They started knowing that some of these trees, they started cracking and breaking the, the trunks of the trees. And they found out that the trees cannot grow strong without wind. It's very important to our environment to have wind. And without the winds, the trees can't grow, they can't go strong, and they track, the trunks will crack and they'll fall over. Well, what does that tell us about us? <laughs> We've got to have the storms. We've got to have the wind blowing in our life to make us strong. If we don't have any, anything that resists us, we won't have any strength at all. That's why they, the, the exercise stuff, they turn from instead of dead weights, they go to resistance, resistance training. Because they found out that resistance is better than just dead weight. Because not only when you, have, when you push out a weight with resistance, you're getting resistance both directions on the things. And they found out that that strengthens you more. Well, that's what happens with the wind. It gives us a resistance that we have to, we have to grow against in order to be strong. It isn't that God just wants to be mean. Sometimes we think God's just being mean, making me go through all these storms and all these trials in my life. But he isn't being mean. He isn't trying to be mean. He wants us to be strong. Of course, I've said a few times, God, I don't want to be this strong. I don't want to be strong. Let me be a weakling this week. But see, God doesn't want us out on the beaches of life and have the bullies kicking dirt in our face. You ever seen the bullies that kick feet? Stand of the beat in kids' face because they're just because they're bullies. They ain't got nothing better to do. But God doesn't want us to be little 30-pound weaklings. He wants us to be strong Christians and be able to face the storms of life and be able to do everything he's called us to do. In order to do that, we have to have storms. Because how are we ever going to know that we can make it through something unless we go through it? And we don't automatically go through a hurricane the first time you're out on a boat. When I was flying an airplane, well, to get my license, I had to be able to, to do what they called crabbing. And it, it, you do just exactly what it sounds like. You have to, and you have to have wind in order to do this maneuver. You have to be able to have wind to be able to land in a windstorm. And what happens is the wind blows against the plane, and you have a certain uh, azimuth orientation for the runway. Now, a runway is... 3-6 right, in case you want to know what 3-6 number means. It's the runway faces 360 degrees. And what said runway 2-0, it's 20 degrees. See, aren't you learned something today. You didn't know he's going to come learn, learn something this morning, did you? So anyway, but if you're flying into a runway 3-6, which is 360 degrees, and there's a wind blowing 20 miles an hour at uh, 10 degrees, what's going to happen to you? You're blowing this way, and the wind's blowing. Next thing you know, you're over here, and here's the runway over here. You'll miss the runway. You won't be able to land. So you have to make an adjustment for the wind, and what you do is you crab. 
So you come in here, so when I'm landing this airplane, I'm coming in sideways. <laughs> and man, I'll tell you, it's really awkward to do that, but you come in sideways, so here's your wings like this, and you're coming in sideways because the wind's blowing you, and so you have to, you have to blow. Actually, it's this way. <laughs> you better get the direction right. And so you're facing, basically, you're facing your nose into the wind. That's what you're, what you're doing. And you cause crabbing because you're coming in sideways. And then just before you land the plane, then you turn into the wind or into the runway and land three point. Ding, ding, ding. See, you learned something about flying today, didn't you? That was exciting. But see, I, you couldn't fly unless you learned that maneuver. And because you never know when you're going to hit wind. And if you're flying somewhere and you don't ever know how to land in the windstorm, you'll never get in that runway. You'll run out of gas before you can get there. And God knows that in our Christian life. He knows we're going to face storms. So he wants to prepare us for storms. And he does it a little bit at a time. He starts with a little bit of storm. And then the storms gradually get, get worse. And sometimes we go through tremendous storms. But you sit there and after you've went through some little storms and you don't have a problem through that small storm, you get the bigger storm, hey, it's no big deal. I have already know how to do it. I just do the same things, just more of it. So it doesn't matter whether the wind is blowing 30 degrees 30 miles an hour or whatever it might be. I don't want to fly in anything above 20 mi 25 miles an hour or 25 knots. They go in knots, not miles an hour. I don't want to fly in there, and I won't do it if I have to, unless I have to, but you might have to someday. But I don't have to worry about it because I know how to crab. Amen. Amen. I can be crabby. <laughs> so, and that's God's will for our life. He wants us to learn how to crab through our storms. <laughs> What are you doing? I'm being crabby. No, I mean, I'm learning how to crab <laughs> so I can get through the storms. But that's what God wants for our lives. That's his will for our lives. Not that we be storm-free because if we're storm-free, we'll be weak. And even in the world, you get, people go through trials and situations in their life, and don't they become a little stronger in their own uh, determination and things when they've gone through things? That's the only way that we have to be able to get strong, and God knows that. God made us that way. Of course, it would be nice if God made us not to have the storms. We wouldn't have to worry about them. Just clear sailing the whole way. That'd be, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Now, there's a, in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse three, verses 3 and 4, it says, God uses his children who have endured difficulty to become strength to others experience the same trial. We comfort others not from the foundation of our superior faith, but from the commonality of our mutual struggles. So why does God allow us to have storms? So we can help other people, number one. And it's nice because as Christians, if we've been through a storm in our life and our non-Christian friends, they go through a storm similar to the one that we've been through, we know how to get through it because we've been there. You can go from point A to point B if you've already been there. You don't even need a GPS. I, I probably do because I don't pay attention sometimes. And I don't know how to get from point A to point B unless I'm paying attention. But you know how to get there. And so when somebody's going through that same situation that you went through, you can say, you know, I went through that very same thing. And this is what God did for me and did through me to help me to get through it. And then you can help somebody else get through that, that storm. And that's why we go through storms. Other than our own strength, that's the number one thing is for our own faith. It strengthens our faith. Because God knows we can go through the storm. See, he just doesn't put us through a storm. He says, watch us fail. He doesn't do that. He knows we can make it through there. All we got to do is follow him and remember that he's in the boat. And then we can get through it. And we can help somebody else get through it. 
But those are the reasons we go through, strength, through storms. So if you want to know, and who, I want to be stronger, I want to have more faith, and I want to be able to help others. Those are three good reasons to go through storms. Even though I don't like the storm, I know that they're necessary. Now, verse 38 of Mark 4 says, Jesus was in the storm, stern. That's in the rear of the boat for us landlubbers. Sleeping on a cushion. I know that was one of the hardest things for us to learn when we went on a cruise is remember what was port and aft and whatever. You had to, you had to know that. I couldn't tell you now, but I knew then. And uh, he was sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, in this story, we have to ask ourselves some questions here. Was Jesus still in the boat? See? Jesus was still in the boat. He didn't get washed out of the boat. The water didn't come and throw him into the sea. He was still in the boat. He didn't panic. He wasn't panicking. So we know that the presence of a storm doesn't mean that Jesus isn't there. Because sometimes we go through a storm and we say, where's Jesus at? Where are you? We know that he's there. Because it doesn't matter. Because we know he's going to be there. So he didn't get washed away. He was still there. And the disciples finally realized that. And we know that um, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit right after he got baptized. He was led into the wilderness by, by the Holy Spirit to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. Well, we're going to be led into storms by God in spite of what we think. Some people think if you have enough faith, you're not going to have any storms in your life. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not true. I've been to too many of them. And I don't know anybody that hasn't went through a storm in their life. Do you? Do you know somebody that's never been through a storm in their life? Well, if you do, don't stand too close. Because <laughs> they may get a good one coming in any time, and I don't want any water, water lice. When you get in a, a storm, the water just splashes everywhere. I don't want to be close to them because they got a lot of time to make up. So, <clears throat> and what happened to the disciples in the boat if Jesus hadn't been there? Same thing that would happen to us if Jesus isn't in the boat. We need to realize that Jesus is still in the boat, even though he may be sleeping or we think he's sleeping. Of course, he was sleeping then, but he's not sleeping now. He don't need no more sleep. So he's awake, and he knows everything that's going on. And so sometimes we need to, you know, realize he's still in the boat and just press on. And uh, <clears throat> we know that Jesus is more concerned with our character than he is our comfort. You found that to be true? And storms don't reveal your, uh, doesn't build character. It reveals your character. So if you want to know what's inside, go in a storm, and you'll find out. You can say, man, God did so many things with me and hit your finger with a hammer and then you find out. <laughs> Is it really gone? <laughs> that, that hammer, see, honey, it's just a storm. Just a storm. No. <laughs> so, uh, and we know that nowhere in these scriptures does it say that the devil was even mentioned. Sometimes we blame the devil for everything there is, and he'll take credit for it, but he'd be glad to. But the devil isn't mentioned there in these verses. And I think that if Jesus hadn't been in the boat, the devil would have loved to have drowned them all, wouldn't you? Make him start over. He probably would have done that. But we don't need to blame the devil for every storm that we have. Sometimes the storms in our life are because of bad decisions that we've made. You ever made a bad decision and ended up in a storm? You thought you could afford that new vehicle? And after about three months, you, you say, man, why did I ever buy that? And so for the next five years or until you sell it, 
you're in a storm trying to pray for it. Well, the devil didn't do it. God didn't do it. You did it. <laughs> but even in those cases, Jesus is still in the boat. And he's going to get you through that. And he's going to help you learn the lessons that you need to learn from that storm. Because I don't want to go through a storm and not learn anything. How about you? Do you? Man, what a waste of a good storm <laughs> if we don't learn anything. And storms are different for each one of us. Verse 38, <clears throat> again, it says, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples walking up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Now, these disciples were the closest people to Jesus that anybody had ever been. And the one thing that they asked him, it wasn't get rid of the storm. He didn't ask that. They didn't ask him to do that. They said, don't you care? That's kind of an odd question, isn't it? But isn't that the same kind of question that we ask God when we're in a storm? Don't you care? I'm in a storm. Isn't that the kind of questions we ask? We don't say, sometimes we pray to uh, get rid of the storm, but basically we say, God, don't you care about me? Don't you love me? What's the matter? How come I'm going through the storm? Don't you see I'm suffering here? That's what they asked him. And see, Jesus didn't condemn them. He didn't refuse to respond to the need because they questioned him and had to ask him if he cared because see, we know that God loves us. I mean, we need to get that out of our mind completely because he came and died on the cross for our sins so we know he loves us. That should be evident to us. So we need to know that God loves us. And then if we're in a storm, he wants us to learn something from that storm. And I want to learn it, don't you? But they didn't ask him to quiet the storm. They didn't ask him to do anything. They said, do you love me? So it's okay to be honest with God when you're going through a storm. It's okay to say, God, what's going on here? Don't you love me? Don't you care what I'm suffering here? Don't you care about any of this stuff? And just get it all out of your system. Because God will sit there and listen to it, and he'll listen to it till you get it all out. And God won't condemn you because you did it. He didn't condemn the disciples. And if it wouldn't have been okay, he would have said something, don't you think? I think he would have said something. If what, if what they had done wasn't a normal thing that he would object to. So it's okay to tell God we're unhappy with the situation. And God will still answer our prayer and still work out the situation. Verse 39, it says, <clears throat> He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. <clears throat> Jesus was in complete control during this whole episode. There wasn't a time or any place that they were going through this storm. And this wasn't just a little small thing. It was like a hurricane. So this was a devastating uh, storm that they were going through. And Jesus didn't get an upset, even though he had been asleep in the boat. He wasn't upset. He was perfectly calm. And the first thing that Jesus did was remove the noise. I thought that was kind of unusual. He said, be quiet and then peace be still. So he got rid of the noise of the storm. Because sometimes we can go through storms that are awful noisy. Maybe there's no disruption of the environment as far as the calmness could still be there. But the noise, have you ever heard dry lightning and thunder and all that stuff? And there's you know, nothing going on that you can see. But man, thunder's scary, isn't it? The closer you get to thunder and lightning, man, that stuff can be scary. Doesn't have to be any wind, doesn't have to be anything. It's just the noise makes you afraid. Noise makes you very afraid. You hear a gunshot, unless you're out hunting, 
Then you want to know, where's the deer? Maybe they're coming my way. Maybe I can get it. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what happens when you're out hunting? They shut, oh, I hope they missed it. I hope they chased it my direction. <laughs> so, but it isn't, the noise is scary. And we hear the noise of a storm, man, it terrifies us. So Jesus had to get rid of the noise first. He had to get rid of the noise of the storm. And that's the first thing he did here. He says, be still. Be quiet to the noise. And then he said, be still, peace. He got rid of the noise, then he said, peace. And he, got, he provided the peace in the environment afterwards. So sometimes maybe you're going through the storm, and you can see, man, some of the noise is gone, but you still don't feel that peace in your heart. You don't feel that, that calmness that you want. Because sometimes after you've, you've had these things, well, so they have these, in, what is it, wave pools that they have, and they have the big waves that come up. They turn those things off, and it's calm. It's just instantaneously the noise can be gone, but the environment's still noisy or still like this, and so you're not calm. So God has to do, speak twice sometimes to us because we're so focused on the storm and the noise of it that's going on that we're, we're still not calm. So then God has to speak a second time. Okay, the storm's gone, the noise is gone. Now be still, be quiet. Let my peace dwell within you. And that's what God has sometimes has to do that twice. Sometimes he does it all at once, but this time he didn't do it all at once. He didn't remove the noise of the storm and made it calm. So... That's for us, because sometimes we're going to go through storms when we're going to have different levels of relief that we're going to have in the storm. The wind may cease right away, but then we're still, you know, still boats still sloshing around in the, in the pool. Even though the waves have stopped, you still got to have this thing that's got to settle down. So maybe, we're, maybe you're there. <clears throat> and Jesus doesn't get wor worried in our lives either today. When we're facing a storm, he isn't concerned. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows what he wants us to learn from it. He knows everything about that storm. And he didn't give us storms to destroy us. He did it to build up our faith and to help him. <clears throat> so we need to make sure that when the storm's over, that we don't miss out on an important part of our life. Because after the storm was over, Jesus had some things that he wanted to say to them. He told them, hey, why are you afraid? Why are you so scared when I'm here in the boat with you? So when you get through a storm, don't be so happy that the storm's gone. You, don't, you miss God speaking to you. Because after every storm, if we'll listen very carefully, we'll hear God's voice. And we'll be able to hear it. Because that, he's got to get rid of the noise. And then he's got to put calm in our soul. And then he wants to speak something into our life. So when the storms are over in your life, when you got through it, don't be in such a hurry to celebrate. Listen for the voice of God. Because I want to know why that went through that storm, and I want to know what is he trying to tell me through this storm. If it's a financial storm and you bought a vehicle and you shouldn't have bought it, then I'm going to listen to his voice and say, see, you should have consulted me first. You shouldn't have bought that car. <laughs> and now until you get rid of it, you're going to suffer. But after you make that payment or you sell the car and you finally got through, then listen to God saying, see, don't do this again. Randy was, uh, when he was younger, he uh, was working two jobs. That was a long time ago. That was long ago. We did have cars back then, though. And he was younger, and he was working a job, and he decided he wanted to buy a, what was it, a Roadrunner? Bought a Roadrunner. Man, that was a neat car. These were in the 60s when cars were really neat, you know, when they really had muscle cars back then. So he bought this Roadrunner. And he really couldn't afford this roadrunner, but man, he wanted it so bad. So what did he do? 
He had to get a second job to pay for it. So he was in a storm for a long time until he decided, hey, this is kind of stupid. I'm working two jobs. I don't see my family. I don't get to see my kids. I don't get to this, but I have this stupid car. This is stupid. So he finally got enough smarts and sold it. And sometimes those are the kind of things that happen. But see, he had to have, listen to a voice and say, hey, this is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> and sometimes those are the environments that happens in our life. Are you going through a storm this morning? Do you have a storm in your life? Is there something that, that's making so much noise in your life you can't see Jesus or don't even know that where he's at in the boat? Well, he's in the boat, and he's not asleep. He isn't tired, and he knows what's going on. So just let ride it out, ride out the waves. Wait till Jesus stands on the bow of the boat and says, Quiet! Peace, be still. Because that time will come. So if you're in that storm this morning, those are Jesus' words speaking to you. No matter where you're at in your storm, Know that Jesus is there. Let's pray. <clears throat> President, Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're in the boat with us and we don't have to worry about it because, Lord, you haven't led us anywhere, Lord, that you're not going to get us through that, Lord. And I thank you for that. Now, is there anyone here this morning with your heads bowed and eyes closed? You're saying, you know, I'm going through a storm today. I mean, I'm really having a rough time with this storm I'm going through. And you'd like us to pray with you about your storm. Let me see your hand. There's a lot of different kinds of storms in our life. There's financial storms. There's uh, who knows what they are. We have as many different kinds of storms as we have people. Okay, I see a lot of hands. We're all going through storms of some kind. Now, I don't know what level that storm is that you're going through, but God does. And while you're in that storm, just bow in your heart. Say, God, I want to learn everything I can learn while I'm in this storm because I want to go through it again. I want to get through it, and I'm looking forward to the time when you speak peace to this storm because I know I'm going to get through it and you're going to get through it God will bring you through it the question is will you try to bail ship before you get through where God wants you to and have to start over but God will get it get us through it our precious and father Lord I thank you for everyone that raised their hands Lord now I don't